Welcome to the Nativa podcast series, where we provide a weekly data-driven analysis of the most popular topics trending among Hispanics and Black Americans in the U.S. I'm Natasha Pongonis, co-founder of Nativa Inc. and OY Business Intelligence. I'm joined by my business partner, Eric Diaz, who's also a co-founder of OY Business Intelligence. And today, joining the conversation is one of our analysts, Josh Jaracaruta. So let's get started. So the topic for today is, is something really fun. We have been lately talking perhaps a little bit more about COVID and the economy and since the presidential election. So for this particular uh, podcast, we decided to talk about um, just superheroes characters. So DC and, and, and Marvel. So I'm really excited. I think it's something that perhaps we all can relate. We all grow up watching, reading cartoons, and, and it's something that regardless how old or young you are, I think we pretty much all can agree that we enjoy um, and we can perhaps even relate ourselves with some of those characters. So Josh, please tell us a little bit more about, you know, why you decided to do this analysis. Tell us about, you know, what was the query that was created and when, how far, I guess, you collected data for. Yeah, so the last report I just did was on Disney Plus, and I noticed that there was a bunch of Marvel content that was being mentioned. The, they have a bunch of upcoming shows like WandaVision, and they just released a brand new game, like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, or Spider-Man The Miles Morales, which is an Into the Spider-Verse themed game. And I wanted to know, like, how Marvel was doing against DC. You know, they have that common clash, Marvel versus DC, which one's better? Who's your favorite hero and all of that. So I was just curious to see um, really how the content differed. Uh, to, to gather the data, what I did is I searched specifically for people who mentioned either like DC, like DC Comics or DC Entertainment, just different variations of the company and how it's mentioned. So Marvel, Marvel Games, Marvel Studios, all of that. And then I also combine that data with data of people mentioning the specific heroes. So they mentioned Batman, they'd be included in the DC data. And if they mentioned Spider-Man, they'd be included in Marvel, and just so on and so forth. Great. We've done one in the past, similar, I think, right, where we did like, Either, I don't know if we actually did DC or Marvel before, but I know we've done some of the individual movies in the past before. Was there any like similarities or, or, or did you do it like totally different than what we've done in previous studies? I think, so this time I did it completely different because before when I do movies, sometimes I want to see their intent. So I, I'll do like, are they watching it? And include words like action, words like watching. But here it was just more of all nouns where I just mm. wanted to see who was talking about what and what they were saying. Gotcha. Yeah, that's great. So for those who actually are watching this video, if you can maybe share your screen and we can look at some of the, the graphics. Yeah, no problem. Give me a second. So just yeah. out of curiosity, what's you know your favorite movie so far, you know, looking into DC and some of the Marvel? Do you have any particular preference? I really like the uh, the third Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, was one of my favorite. I feel like 
Um, he's a really powerful hero, and it, the first two movies didn't really do him the justice that the third movie did. It made him seem powerful. They had him like with character building, and there was like a lot of humor. Hmm. Well, uh, Natasha, if I, if I can interject, you know what I've been watching a lot recently is The Boys. The Boys. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, really? it's in my bucket list. I have to. Is I'm looking to get probably into that movie as soon as I'm done with what I'm watching currently, but it had really good reviews. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I usually, I, I've never watched any of the uh, series that have been put out, but I do like some of the movies. Like, I like the one, uh, and I'm blanking on the name. Who's the one that is uh, not Daredevil? Um, you know, it's kind of like the smart aleck guy. Um, oh, Deadpool? Deadpool. I like Deadpool. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, who doesn't like Deadpool? That one's a, right. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a, a great movie. He has a his character is just so unique and, and just funny. Um, I think for me is you know Wonder Woman definitely is my favorite movie. I mean, I, I was so blown away by just the production and and just it, the timely also when the movie came out. I think it was very good especially because there's been a lack of female representation for so long in some of these uh, comic movies so starting to see more female representation is, is great and I think um, uh, Black Panther which I don't know who's Black Panther on by um, that's, that's Pixar so isn't it Marvel and so she's a production in the Black Panther also I thought that was really impressive and of course the story the story behind the storyline, uh, it was really great. But to your point, Eric, I think, you know, obviously because COVID, right? Like we now watching so much television uh, in some of those live stream, um, you know, the Netflix and Prime and Hulu, uh, HBO, Disney Plus. I mean, they're all coming with that level of platform. And it's interesting to see how many of those are actually taking the big screen production into the small screen. So, you know, I think we were mentioning talking earlier today about, um, you know, having HBO Max, who is working now for next year in the release of this Batman uh, limited series. So it's going to be coming in the small screen. Uh, and we're starting to see more and more productions that are actually going in that direction. So it's interesting to see, you know, after COVID, will people still be going to the movie theater or we can just remain with that comfort of being at home and being able to watch, you know, when you want it, anytime you know and then she's at the comfort of your home or not right you know and, and josh what, what really jumped out to me and those of you that can see the screen is, is looking at the the purple and the black bars on on these is uh, for dc and marvel it's really huge hispanic and african or black american conversation over indexing on both whereas hispanic is right around 30 percent for both uh, a little bit high, heavier on Marvel, Marvel, and then also Black American, 20% on Marvel, 18% on DC. So it just really, you know, you know, calls out to me that, you know, these are topics that are, uh, are very relevant to the Black American and Hispanic audience. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty interesting how, like, the white American is actually not, not, it's less than 50% in this case, it's not a majority. Yeah. Not what we typically see. We usually see over 50% white. So, uh, so I'll carry on. I'll, I'll chat uh, a little bit. I'll look in. Uh, those of you who can see my screen, my screen can see the uh, the blue bar here uh, looks a little bit deeper in the Hispanic language. And language of choice is dominantly English, around 80%. Uh, 
So, which is, uh, which is not uncommon, although I do, I, I am, uh, I guess, pleasantly surprised to see uh, a, a high amount of bilingual conversation, which would be 8.4% for DC, 4.3% for Marvel. And I, I believe that, you know, in our system, we, Josh Britton, we have to fine tune it a bit so we don't necessarily get like normally spider or the word man would, would find, would, uh, would tend to be English. And, but in this case, is, is that something that you corrected for? Uh, yeah, in this case, I, uh, I took out all the all the hero names and just partial hero names like Wonder and Woman, so that anytime they mention the like Wonder Woman, that's a proper name. She's not like a Wonder and a Woman. Right. So in that in that case, so what that means is that when we do see eight percent bilingual for for DC or or four percent Marvel, that means that somebody's literally uh, is speaking bilingual. They're not just saying the name. So they're saying, oh, Spider-Man Spider is my favorite. Me gusta cuando something, you know? So they're mixing, they are truly mixing the languages. It's not just the name, and which is important when you, when you want to make decisions on how to market or, you know, understand how do people actually talk about, you know, these, uh, these characters. And I think another thing that we see a lot is uh, and we often debate about is like you know do you translate the name do you translate the name spider-man for example like and you know josh and when you were looking at this how much did you actually see people saying like hombre de, la, de araña for example so i like some i noticed some heroes i wouldn't see uh their spanish equivalent or almost at all like when i put the batman spanish equivalent i can't even remember it right now murcielago yeah <laughs> Yeah, because that's very interesting. So, you know, Spider-Man actually does translate in Spanish. And in Spanish, you do say Hombre Araña. But Batman, I have never really heard that translation for Batman. Batman is Batman in any language, right? But like Wonder Women actually does have an Spanish, right? Mujer Maravilla. So it's interesting that some of the characters actually do translate uh, and others don't. Um, but I think the majority, especially probably the younger generation, is just keeping the, the name as it is, the original English name. Yeah, and that's something I've seen with sports teams. I know I've even chatted with, uh, with, with some of the sports teams here, like when they think about like uh, advertising campaigns for the Suns, the Phoenix Suns here in, in, in Arizona. Do they say Los Soles or do they, do they say like on their jersey, would it say Los Suns? And they often, they, they realize just from talking to people, understanding what, how do people normally talk about the sons, they would actually say Los Sons in English. And so they wouldn't, they would not translate it to Sole. So I think we see some of that here in this case as well. Absolutely. So if we look a little bit farther on the analysis, um, you know, the level of, you know, Hispanics, you know, the acculturated to the unacculturated. I think that's also very important to understand. And what you see in this graphic, I think there was something interesting as well regarding some of the levels. Oh, yeah. So Latino index, it's always my favorite section of the report. Uh, you guys let me talk about it. And, and I do appreciate that. So, uh, <laughs> so Latino index basically uh, varies what the, what the different uh, levels of acculturation among Latinos are that, that talk about this particular topic. So what we see, uh, which is, I, I think this is somewhat similar to what we've seen in, in a lot of our cases, whereas L1 and L3 Latinos are the, are the biggest groups. Uh, so L1 is, is the most acculturated uh, Hispanic. So if we see here on the, if those of you can see my screen, 
uh, where you see L1, it says English only. So our software, OYE, analyzes everybody's tweets and everybody's posts. And if they, if their most recent, I don't basically the algorithm gets as many posts as it can, but if all those posts and their bio are in English, then they are listed as an L1 Latino. So they might be uh, Javier Rodriguez from Miami, but they only speak in English. So they're an L1 Latino. Whereas the L3 is the, is the middle one. And that's the second biggest group that we have here, 30, 30% roughly for DC and Marvel. And, th and those Latinos are, are very equal. So in our algorithm, it decides what the, what's you know, close enough to be in basically, is this person comfortable sharing content and posting content in both languages? And that means they're L3. And, and, uh, and what we see here for both DC and Marvel is the smallest two groups, around 10% combined L4 and L5. So those are the folks that are only posting in Spanish or heavily in Spanish, which would be L4. So yeah, it, I, I would say that DC and Marvel were both pretty comparable. It, it, nothing, nothing really jumped out at me as far as like seeing differences uh, between DC and Marvel for those. Mm -hmm. And I think another very important factor to understand when we do this analysis is the age group. Um, so language is very important, gender is important, but also understanding the age, um, you know, how the, the Gen Z or the millennials or the Gen Xers, you know, they're engaging, you know, on identifying with the topics that we analyze. Um, so in this case, uh, we use a sample of the data that we collected and through face recognition, we are able to, to predict the age of the, of the different users. So what is interesting, I think, on DC and Marvel in the comparison is that both actually are driving majority between the 35 and 44 years old, um, and then followed by the 18 to 24 years old. Um, but something that was very interesting, Josh, that you pointed out earlier was that perhaps the older group, the 35 to 44, um, they seem to be talking more about uh, comics books, whereas the younger group is talking more about movies and video games. So I think sometimes, you know, we're talking about stereotyping or bias that we assume because you are the older generation, you like more to read and not necessarily perhaps watch a movie. But I think right now we've seen the data is actually validating that as well. And um, so I thought that, that that was very interesting. And if yeah, we, that's great. I'll, I'll show the Black American audience here too, Natasha. Yeah, and with the Black American, I think very similar, uh, perhaps a little bit more an over-index in that 35 to 44, especially with Marvel. We see the about 48% um, uh, actually we're talking about Marvel content. Uh, and then we actually do see that the next group is say equally like Hispanics, the 18 to, to 24 year old uh, we um and not so much perhaps with the older generations um but again very interesting i think some of the topics that we analyze with the black americans is um they're talking about the avenger games and the spider-man uh in particular about uh, miles morales um so those are also very interesting um topics within marvel dc right so we see engagement here right now we see with um spider-man with Miles Morales. Yeah, and uh, it, it's great to actually see the, the individual posts and mm -hmm. from those uh, from the from the youth that are that are talking about it and what the what's important to them. Like you said, might be games tend to be a little bit more uh, relevant to the younger audience. What, uh, Josh, what what about gender? What uh, what do you see as far as gender splits? 
So I saw that both Marvel and DC were very much male-dominated when it came to the conversations. Um, DC had a little bit more female than Marvel did, but that was mostly attributed to people talking about the like, latest Johnny Depp and Amber Heard scandal. Ah, it, for, for those that don't know, if you, if you don't mind, can I uh, tell us a bit more about what, the, what happened there with Johnny Depp? They're having like a very public uh, divorce uh, breakup right now because Amber Heard had accused Johnny Depp of abusing her. But it, and then after further investigation, it turns out that Amber Heard is also like abusing Johnny Depp. Yeah, and I think that's something that we're going to see a little bit more in the sentiment analysis and in comparison, you know, the impact they actually that had. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at the Black American gender, um, Josh, you also see something similar there as well. Yeah, I saw that uh, in Black American that it was also just male dominated and then that many of the females talking about DC were also talking about Amber Heard, but also others were talking about the presidential election and specifically there's just one tweet that uh that compares joe biden they're like joe biden isn't superman for black folks but he is uh better than trump mm. Mm. so that that caused there to be quite a lot of uh just female for DC there. Right. Oh, talking about Superman. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> okay. All right. I did see also some comments about some females being excited about Lucky, uh, that they're going to have a second season. Uh, and I have to say, like, he's one of my favorite characters as well, I think. Which one? Lucky? Lucky. Oh, okay. They're making a um, Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Which yeah, channel? Disney Plus. Uh, Ooh, Disney I got Plus. So uh -huh. they're going to do this season in Disney Plus again, right? Going to the small screen. And so, but the, the trailer, it looks really cool. So I'm excited. I can't wait. <laughs> well, you got your holiday season planned out now. <laughs> well, that was, that's not coming up until spring 2021. Wow. So we have quite a wait. <laughs> um, but here again, in the sentiment, right? I think this is where you were talking just earlier uh, about the impact they actually Johnny Deep had uh, with, Amber, with Amber, where a lot of the publics and perhaps fan um, were expressing, you know, the, their sentiment and their opinion on such a public um, breakup or, or divorce, a divorce experience. And I think there is also a lot of tweets actually calling for a boycott in the next um, Aquaman, where Amber Heard is one of the main character um, because I think Johnny Deep, cause like he lost some of the main role that he actually had with some of the movie or he actually had to drop out as well from some movies. So it seems that there is support for both ends uh, for him and for her. And, and we've seen a lot of those um, sentiment actually being expressed on, on some of, in Twitter. Well, one thing I want to mention is people are upset at Warner Brothers specifically because they own both the rights to both uh, Fantastic Beast, which is the movie uh, they asked him to resign it from. Hmm. And Aquaman too, which they're keeping Amber Heard on. So they're they're considering Warner Brothers movies a little hypocritical. Mm. Okay. What are some of the things that you you saw that drove uh, positive sentiments? Uh, what was it about Spider Man? What's what's the big hubbub about Spider Man these days? Um. So the newest Spider Man game is uh, 
it was just released for the PS5, the newest console. Uh, it was created by a company called Insomniac Games, and they created like the first Spider-Man. This is like Spider-Man 1.5, technically. Hmm. Uh, and it just uses the PlayStation 5's new technology to the fullest extent. It has ray tracing, which just lets you see real-time like light reflections from like in, in a mirror or a window, which just allow the game to look a little more realistic than it already did. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we know it's on your uh, Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is one come. There is like also some conversations regarding Snyder Cut in the Justice League, uh, and I also have seen a lot of people who were talking about the Joker. I mean, we know that Jared Leto actually is really influential when it comes to social media. He really takes that character in, and and I think he just have done as we have seen in the prior movie. Uh, he was really driving a lot of expectations just because he was so involved in sharing just his day to day being in on set and his makeup. So I think she's seeing that now there is a lot of excitement being generated for for this justice league. I think that that would be interesting just to continue following and monitoring all the, the expectations for that movie. Very good. And uh, I'll just share it on the screen. Uh, Black American sentiment, Natasha, I don't know if anything called out to you uh, in that in that area. I think it's very similar, right, to what we saw with the sentiment among Hispanics, um, especially that debate between um, in Aquaman mm -hmm. and, and with Johnny Depp. So we that's what perhaps drove a little bit more negative sentiment with DC than, than Marvel. Um, but again, we're talking about some of the excitement around the, the Justice League. And, and there was also some conversation about the lack of female representation in some of these movies. And, and there is, they're excited that Justice League has, has one female, um, but definitely, you know, I think women are expressing, you know, they wanna see more. Um, and here is a, a perfect example of one who a mom is talking that she's watching the Justice League, uh, and with her daughter. But you know, she she suspects um, to break that pattern, perhaps, of always having the male character role. And we're starting to see a transition of that. So um, exciting to see more, hopefully, in the upcoming years. And this is perhaps not only in the movies, when we have done some of the video game analysis, it was uh, something very similar as well, where we saw that big gap between male and female in conversation, but also character representation. Very good. All right, then let's just wrap it up. What, what do you notice with the, uh, with the word cloud? What, what words stuck out to you in, in the Hispanic side? So on the Hispanic side, I saw that the spider, like spider, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man all did very well. And that's just all that conversation really coming from specifically the new Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales game. Uh, a lot of people just love that game or having fun. Also, where it says Marvel's Avengers, I thought it was interesting. It wasn't what I thought it would be. It wasn't people talking about like the Avengers themselves, but the Avengers game that came out, I think a month ago, Mm, okay. That game did very horribly, actually. <laughs> uh, there's a. It wasn't good. Or what did people say? Um, yeah. So it wasn't good. It wasn't what people thought it was going to be. Mm. It ended up being more like they call it a grind game. You just you just do one thing over and over again, trying mm. to get uh, trying to win boxes. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, so like there's a tweet uh, like where it has less than 90 people have like since it came out gotten rid of the game. Wow. Huh. Anything uh, also draw interest from the Black American conversation on word clouds? Um, yeah, so while I saw that Hispanics mentioned like the Justice League, mm -hmm. the Black Americans did not mention the Justice League. So I don't, it seemed like they're not as interested in the new Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League. Okay. And I also saw that uh, they mentioned like the word black. That's the second. That's their second word. that's nowhere in the Hispanic word cloud. Was that uh, with Black Panther? Or was it with just Black by itself? It was. Uh, it was actually Black by itself. Remember that tweet earlier about like uh, President Biden is oh. not Superman. Right. For black yeah. It's that tweet. It's coming from there. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's literally talking about black people. Yeah. It's also mixed with like Black Widow and Black Panther, mm. but it's not specifically either. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Great analysis. So this will be free to download in our website for anyone who wants to take the time and read through. And thank you again, Josh, for doing this analysis. This was fun. Do you guys have any main? main takeaway from this analysis that you like to share? Well, for me, you, you know, I always enjoy when there's a, when the volume over indexes with Hispanic and African American, that just screams out like opportunity to me, you know, in those areas. And, and I think both of these, I, I think we saw was nearly 20% for both brands for among uh, African American audience and then 30% for Hispanic. So that's, uh, that really is uh, low hanging fruit for me as far as like what's relevant with uh, Latinos and the Black community? Um, for me, I really thought it was interesting to see how much support the boycotting Aquaman 2 campaign has. Because I remember there was, this, there was a similar campaign for Mulan, but it ended up dying out before like, the movie came out. They kept talking about it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think very similar to you, Josh. I think it's just understanding, you know, the, I guess, your personal life, the impact can actually have in the work that you do, in this case, the characters that you represent. So um, I think for those movie directors, it's very important when they do the casting, you know, understanding, you know, how successful and the impact that maybe those individuals will have in the success of the movie of the series in this case. So, uh, but it was a really fun analysis and definitely there is a lot that we can continue um, analyzing from and diving in, especially in the character, and there are going to be so many upcoming movies. So, really exciting to see a, a part two of this analysis. Good. Well, thank you, every, everybody, for watching and for listening. And feel free to reach out to info at if you have any questions. And stay tuned for the next podcast. It's going to be coming up in a week with another exciting topic. Take care. Thank you.